Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Hi there, I'm Audrey Adams, and this is Talk with Audrey. Insightful, intelligent information to help you improve the quality of your life or someone else's. Now, you know I don't normally get into the talk of politics because, well, I like to stay clear. I, of course, have my own personal views, as we all do. But you can't help but be affected by some of what's going on out there, and you can't help but have an opinion. I'm not going to tell you mine. (laughs) But we're going to have a really nice conversation about not just the state of the economy, but how African Americans are feeling about President Obama. And as you know, there are many who are citing the economy as the most important issue for the 2012 presidential election. And Loop21.com, a leading digital source of emergent black culture, conducted the State of the Black Economy Survey. It's a study of African American public opinion on the issue. Daryl Williams, the CEO of Loop21, joins me to talk about the survey's results. Welcome, Daryl Williams, to talk with Audrey. Thank you, Audrey. It's great to be here. Well, thank you for coming back on the show. I love the work that you're doing with Loop 21, and I, I think you're going to be stimulating some really incredible conversation out there. That you, This is, I think, the second time you've done the State of the Black Economy Survey. Is that correct? It is. And, and as you mentioned in your introduction, uh, we really try to focus on some of the political issues because there is a huge connection, as we all know, between sort of economic sentiment and the question of black voter turnout, and we really wanted to get behind uh, what was driving some of the in- more interesting poll results that we see nationally, and I think we've got some good results. Well, I think what's interesting is that I've heard that the other side is really hoping that minorities, if you will, um, which includes a whole melting pot of what makes up this country, uh, they're really hoping that minorities don't show up at the polls in order to support I guess anybody, because they feel that they've got the upper hand anyway, right? That's right, and, that, and that's one of the important narratives that, that we wanted to address, because one narrative in the mainstream media is this idea of black, the black vote being an emotional vote, implying that it's irrational. And because of that, that um, there's been this notion that the black vote won't really turn out in any real numbers, because we're in the middle of an economic crisis. We wanted to, we wanted to get behind the idea that it's an emotional vote and really get to understand what, what people's policy perspectives were and what that meant for voter turnout. And one of the, one of the big takeaways, Audrey, is that our results suggest that this black voter problem is a myth. It's a myth? It's a myth. And the reason, and the reason why I would say it's a myth, the reason why we think this narrative of a black voter problem is a myth is because Consistent with the national polls that we've seen over the last few years, we've seen that the black approval rating has been in the 80 to 90 percent range. We find exactly the same thing. The approval rating in our surveys, 86 percent uh, approval of Obama, despite the fact that most of our respondents are really concerned about the economy. 86 percent say that, that the economy is, 
is very bad to worse, and and 63% said that their personal finances are very bad to to uh, worse. So uh, even though, pe- despite the fact that people recognize and feel the impact of this bad economy, they give the president a high approval rating, and that that fact has been the basis for some of this narrative that the black vote is is an emotional and irrational vote. So that means that if we vote for anybody, it's emotional and irrational, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> and that's that's the point of view that's been out there. And we found a couple of things that we think dispel that notion. One is um, this, that the high approval rating, when you ask the respondents, did they, you know, who's responsible for the current economic crisis that everyone's concerned about, they don't blame Obama. Three quarters say that President Bush is mostly to blame. Three quarters say that Wall Street is mostly to blame. About two thirds say it's Congress, and only three percent say that President Obama is mostly to blame. And sixty-five percent, two thirds say that he's not to blame. So mm-hmm. that's a striking result that this audience is very clear about the depths of this problem, but they're also very clear about who has culpability. And that means that we've made that de- the decision about who is actually to blame for this faltering economy because we've done our research and we know the truth. That's exactly right. Is that correct? Yeah, that's exactly correct. And if, you know, uh, what appeared to be, uh, what appeared to be sort of a conflict in the results, like black African Americans all say that they're doing, they're not doing well in this economy. And in fact, in our survey, that 82% of African Americans say that this economic crisis has imp- impacted African Americans worse than it has than, than white Americans. So they feel the sting of this recession, and at the same time, they consistently give the president a high approval rating. And so, number one, they don't blame them. Number two, when we ask who's more likely to protect um, the interests of African Americans, the specific, unique economic challenges of African Americans in this crisis, the majority of people point to President Obama. They 55% say he he's more likely to look to protect black interests than past presidents. But that's sort of isn't that a little counter? If he's because there are a lot of people I think that expected Obama because he is a an African American president that they would expect him to protect our interest to a greater degree. But I've also heard you know on the other side that that he hasn't done anything to help us. Well, we have an answer for that too, Audrey. <laughs> one of the things, one of the things we delved into was, you know, where expectations um, for this president unrealistic, and we asked specifically, you know, do the respondents believe that this president is held to a higher standard than other presidents? And two thirds felt that African Americans held this president to a higher standard than other uh, presidents, and. Almost nine of ten thought that Americans generally held him to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. So he, so we expect more for him. And the, the fascinating thing is that nine out of ten for Americans generally and for African Americans say that he's being held to a higher standard because of his race. So good, bad, or, or indifferent, I think the reason why we see some of the frustration, even though we see the higher approval rating, is because we expect so much and maybe unrealistically too much. But you know what's president. really interesting to me, Daryl? Why do we not expect that of all presidents? Well, that we don't know the answer to that question, unfortunately. Would you ask that we, in can't, the next we can't get it from this survey. <laughs> right. But we do. But um, we're, we're referring to it as 
Um, the first black syndrome, and we actually talked to some social psychologists who's confirmed the existence of such a phenomenon. It's not called that. Uh, that's our term. But there's basically this expectation that when I was growing up, you know, there was an old saying that in order um, to be considered average, if you're African-American, you had to be great. You had to be excellent just to be considered average. Right. And we see that same thing at play with this president. This president, you know, by most objective measures, has, has had a, a phenomenal presidency, and yet there's a great deal of frustration about what he has not done. Um, for example, economists generally credit this president and this administration with, with averting a much greater economic disaster than what we've encountered. These are professional economists of all stripes saying that. Um, yet, he, you know, we still expect more. We, we want there not to be a recession, even though the pres- President Bush came on the television before in 2007 and said this was going to be the greatest uh, recession since the Great Depression. So right. the expectations are just that, so high yeah. that I think we have a great deal of frustration. In terms of solutions, what did your survey results reveal? Well, a couple of interesting things came out of that. One is, uh, back to this frustration point, the, the people who disapproved of the president, we said, okay, what, what's the alternative? If, if you're not happy with the president, who could better handle the economy? And our focus was all on the economy. Who could better handle the economy than President Obama? 44%, nearly half, couldn't identify any. They wouldn't identify any alternative. 20% said a Democratic Congress would be helpful. 9% said a president uh, that was neither Democrat or Republican. But nearly half couldn't identify any alternative to President Obama that, be, that would be better, which is one reason why we, we point to it as a, as a frustration vote. The people are unhappy, but they don't even really know why or what would be better. Um, that's number one. And then number two on the solution side is we really focused on, we also asked people about their policy priorities. Um, what, what would be, for example, a solution to, to deal with black unemployment? The vast majority of people said that we should be focusing on job growth over deficit reduction. So when you look at the choices in November, for example, the, um, this goes back to the rationality of, of, of black approval. The Democrats and the president have been on the on the side of favoring stimulus policies to create jobs. The the Republicans and the Tea Party have been on the side of cutting the deficit, cutting the debt, which is which is a contractionary policy, which is likely to to reduce jobs or reduce job growth. So our panelists tell us we're all on the side of job creation. So that's another reason why we see the solutions, the policy solutions that that people want are in line with President Obama's policy. Did they have any opinion when it came to whether or not it's a Democratic Congress or a Republican Congress that's in charge? Yeah, they did. When asked, when asked this question of, of those who disapproved, um, who they thought could handle it better, they, 20%, one in five, did say a Democratic Congress. So, uh, I mean, that could be interpreted a couple of ways. Either they thought if they had a Democratic Congress, the president would be in a better position to effectuate policies. Uh, you know, we've got five jobs bills in Congress right now that are not being passed by the Republican Congress. So some of it may be speaking to to that issue. But uh, we certainly did see, um, you know, a big response, one in five, saying that a Democratic Congress would be helpful in addressing this uh, economic crisis that we're in now. 
So they then recognize that it is the current deadlock in Congress <laughs> that is really stopping progress. I mean, it progress. certainly it certainly implies that. I think that uh, that's um, one inference you could draw from these results, that the reason why they're pointing to a Democratic Congress is they want to get past this deadlock. What did African-American respondents think about their own role in changing the dynamics within our communities to achieve greater economic growth? Well, that's interesting. We asked people, um, you know, what, what personal changes they were likely to undertake in order to, um, to, make, to create job opportunities for themselves, either for new jobs or uh, to make it more likely they could keep existing jobs. And they point to things like more training, uh, a willingness uh, to move if necessary, which is very important because a lot of the studies, you know, show that the job creation occurs in pockets. And there's a lot of the, a lot of the high unemployment areas are, are areas, quite frankly, where African Americans are populated. And, and to find better job opportunities, you might have to move away. So we've definitely seen strong evidence of that. We've seen a strong evidence from this survey that people are focused on debt reduction. Uh, that they they rank that as high among the actions that need to be taken and the actions that they plan to take over the next 12 months in order to stabilize their their personal financial needs. So it's not just about policy. They've been um, this report also shows that people have been very focused on what they can do individually to improve their own economic situation. So is it every man for himself kind of thing then, or no, no, no? I think I think most of the emphasis was is very much focused on the policy, uh, job growth. Over deficit reduction, I think that's important. That's not uh, an, an emotional issue. That's a job priority issue. People came out, came down about 50-50 on whether we needed to cut business taxes to create job growth. People disagreed with the need for a tougher immigration policy okay. in order to protect their jobs, uh, which is another big issue that came through here. The whole narrative about black Latino tension over job creation did not come through in this survey. People... Uh, the vast majority of people said we do not need tougher immigration to protect their own jobs. And the vast majority of people um, also said that uh, immigration enforcement wasn't needed to create uh, job opportunities for themselves. So, so policy is important, but it has to be a combination of policy and personal effort. Since you brought up the whole immigration thing, let's, let's talk for a moment about the impact of uh, racial bias. Where did they come out on that? Question. Well, this goes part to what we call this first black syndrome or, or what some comedians have referred to as the, the magical Negro idea that this president needs to be able to, to perform miracles. So first of all, we found, as I said, that they had higher expectations for this president uh, than other presidents and that the results also suggest that that is due to his race. And then we also found we, um, that when you ask experimentally, we, we randomly assigned questions about whether or not the president's praise or criticism was related to his race, what we found is that the vast majority of people, uh, 82% said that criticism was that he received on the, on the economy, that race played a role in it. And then about 60% said also they thought that the praise, that praise played a role in it. And I think the big takeaway from this is, number one, race is definitely a disadvantage. Um, the criticism is more racially motivated than the praise, but also that race still plays just such an important uh, part of our society, Audrey. Here in 2012, mm -hmm. um, we're still talking about 
the president's policies being um, highly influenced, the perception about it, by, by race. Well, what I think is really interesting about this whole issue of race is that you have a president who is half black and half white. That's right. Right? So it's, it's interesting because white people could claim, his, claim him as being white, but because he appears African-American, he's black. Yet he is, in terms of this country, half and half. He's so half and half. He's the perfect president been... for this melting pot society that we aspire to be. I'll say aspire to be. Um, but that um, that perception of, of treating him as, as like he's black goes way back to the beginning of this country. Mm-hmm. You know, a drop of black blood makes you black. And, right. and we see that that's still a part of that. I think that's one of the 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 more disheartening results that come out of this, too, is just how important um, race still remains in our society when you would think in 2012, mm-hmm. you know, we would have transcended that to some point. But the reality is that we have not. Do most people plan to vote? Our survey respondents were very uh, politically active, planned to vote, um, and I, that's one reason why we think this black voter turnout problem um, it's it's an issue, but we don't think it's going to be people staying home in mass based on our based on our survey results. What was the most surprising finding? I think the most surprising finding was the idea that um, people were willing to say that they had higher expectations for this president, and it was primarily because of race. These are people talking about themselves, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Yeah, we have we have higher expectations for this president than any other president." And the reason why we have higher expectations is because of his race. And that is a phenomenal statement. That's a phenomenal admission on the part of their own survey respondents themselves. I mean, they're not talking about other people. They're talking about themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty amazing. Um, you know, we can speculate as to why, and I don't have a good answer as to why, but I think the fact that people are, are open about that, um, says that we have a long way to go, but I'm glad that, you know, we're, we're able to talk about it in that way. When President Obama won the election, I knew that people were going to really expect more from him. I knew that African Americans were going to feel as though we should expect him to do more for us. But if you're going to be a president of these United States, I think that regardless of who you are, whether you be black white, whatever, that you have the interest of all Americans at heart because this country is only going to become stronger and remain strong if it embraces all of its citizens and recognizes that every single citizen has something to offer. Absolutely. Do you think that's ever going to happen? Well, I think it will. I mean, we have to keep, we we have to maintain hope. But I think also we have to be, and when I say we, I'm talking about the African-American community specifically, I think we have to be more sophisticated in terms of understanding what it means to be helpful to the African-American community. And by that I mean this president has saved some one and a half million jobs, you know, just through the auto industry bailout, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that doesn't get talked about is... Um, one of the fastest growing sectors uh, that is highly populated with African-American workers is the health care sector. Mm-hmm. And he passed a health care bill that contributed to job growth in that sector where almost 16% of African-Americans 
are, are employed. And in some of the other faster growing sectors like engineering, you know, we don't have a high representation. So that's an important job creation vehicle. I mean, this president has had a summer youth job program. Um, they created almost 200,000 jobs for low-income youth. So my point is this. We're looking at it, and if it doesn't say black in front of it, a lot of African-Americans think nothing's being done. When, in fact, the policies that are, being, that are addressing these bigger problems are also helping African-Americans. And in some cases, they're helping African-Americans even more so than they're helping Others, that is, the, the positive impact is disproportionately falling on African-Americans. Uh, I think the healthcare jobs is a great example of that. But we, he doesn't get credit for that because we're not being sophisticated in how we process what's being done. So I, you know what I expect from you in Luke 21? Yes. Clarification on that issue? There you go. Well, we're, we're actually working on something on that right you now. You are? Good. Because yeah. I, I think that people need sometimes just I, I think there are so many people who are concerned at this point about their job security their savings their ability to support their families etc 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 that you know you need a little something something a little prodding to think a little deeper That's and right. I, I think that the loop 21 is a site that can help stimulate that conversation and inform people which is why I wanted to speak to you about the survey and I'm so glad you did, and I hope we helped to illuminate the topic a little bit today, and there's definitely more to come. You certainly did for me. And, guys, I hope that Daryl Williams has also helped to clarify some things for you. Daryl, where should we go to see the results of the survey? You go to loop21.com slash Sobe2012results. All right. You can see all and I know stuff. you're on Twitter and Facebook. Absolutely. So, guys, you know, I, I really think it's important you're only empowered if you can make informed decisions. If you make a decision without being informed, then you might possibly make the wrong decision. <laughs> so I, I think that as, you're, as you look at the news, as, as you uh, see information that's just sort of put out there willy-nilly, if you will, look further. Look to who's providing the information, why they're providing, and what their goals are. And know that oftentimes the goal is to basically sell a message, to hammer home an untruth, if you will, so that it slowly begins to feel like the truth. Informed is empowered. Daryl, would you have any last thoughts for us? Uh, we're, our big takeaway, we've, we've been referring to this as the, uh, the results tell us that it's a bad economy, but a good president. That's, that's our big takeaway from, from this um, survey. And no matter who, what your choice is in November, I hope we all recognize that it's an important choice. We certainly haven't gotten through this economic crisis. And the choice isn't really a personal choice. That's one of the things I've been talking about a lot. It's a policy choice. And we've got to decide whether we want to focus on more job creation or whether we really want to focus on deficit reduction. And I think that has important implications for this, for our community. So be a part of the choice because it's going to be a critical one for you and your family. Well put, well stated. Thank you, Daryl Williams, so much for joining me. Fun talk with Audrey. Guys, don't forget to go to loop21.com.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.